You are a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not a ledger entry. You can't be replaced with AI or technology or anything else. You're unique. You are uniqueness. Your consciousness could never be bought or sold. It's priceless. I see you and you see yourself. And who is anybody kidding? The purpose of this show, smell the inside of your nose, do it right now, is to give you some kind of encouragement, something to smile about, some kind of recognition, some daily inspiration to uplift you as you start your day or end your day or any time of day and to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated here. And if you're a small business owner, if you're a wage worker or if you're someone trying so hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you're an actual hero. You are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs, your traditions or your tribes, you're the value. You're the value in the economy and you're seen. In a world of destruction and degradation, the world should see you for the value that you are and the value that you create and for what you provide. And if you're working a job and you're homeless or you're houseless and you have to live in shelters or cars, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized here and you're not alone here. Different people do different things when they wake up. You know what I do? I smell the inside of my nose. Then I hold on to the bed and make sure I'm really here because it's so hard to believe it. And then I exhale and I step outside and I make sure the stars are still where they usually are. And they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment every morning. I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they are. And that's a pretty scary idea for a lot of people. Hey, it's me, Herschel. Herschel Sterling. Commercial Herschel. I'm here to help. What's going on? It's day eight. It's day eight of Flash Fiction February. Listen. That's right. And today's story is kind of weird. If you don't know, what I'm doing is I'm writing a really short story every day, a flash fiction story, anywhere from 800 words to 1,200 words or something like that, 1,500 words inside of like 45 minutes. Then I edit it for grammar and then I put it on my podcast and I publish it on Substack every day for 29 days, 29 stories, 29 days. Flash Fiction February. Today's story is about a couple of people who are taking the world as it comes. This story is called The Blast, Nuclear Recreation at the Edge of the End. The Blast, Nuclear Recreation at the Edge of the End. Sheila sits poolside and has a fufu drink with an umbrella in it. It's frothy. It has to be coconut and syrupy. Oh, this is delicious, she says. It's coconut and chocolate, and it's just to die for. There has been a heat wave since the nuclear blast took out the West Coast, and some people are making the most of the temperature change. We better enjoy this while we can, says Clarence. You know the temperatures are going to drop significantly. Once the earth rotates into that cloud of dust and all that debris, it's going to get cold. 
Don't be a party pooper, Sheila says. You always have to know so much. You're such a Debbie Downer. Well, here it comes, you know. It'll be less than a day, and it's going to get cold. Look at Asia right now. Clarence sits at the edge of the pool in an inner tube, sipping on a martini, gin, of course, it's the middle of the day, with his feet dangling into the empty pool. The two glare into their phones, which barely work, watching as the people of Asia scramble for heat. The two glare at their phones, which barely work, watching as the people of Asia scramble and deal with power issues related to electromagnetic anomalies. Ah, says Sheila, that looks awful. Is that going to happen here? Yes, says Clarence, that is going to happen here. Just then their phones die completely and they can't get any signal. 90 degrees in the middle of winter. And it's going to be ruined by this stupid nuclear bomb. And now my phone doesn't even work. Well, actually, the nuclear bomb is what caused it. Oh, never mind. Never mind, says Clarence. It sounds like BS to me, Sheila says. If it's going to be so cold, why is my skin so hot? It sounds like another global warming hoax. Somebody's trying to make money by scaring me. This is just delicious. I can't believe how nice it is outside in the middle of winter, she says. Clarence is watching through the backyard fence all the neighborhood activity. People are hustling and scurrying, screaming and panicking. They are loading cars. They're loading trailers. They're gathering pets. And they are on their devices trying to make plans. And now, since the devices don't work, some are screaming at them and hurtling them at the ground. What are they doing? Clarence speaks out loud to himself. What's the point now? They have nowhere to go. There's no place to hide. No one is going to be okay. What? says Sheila. Nothing, nothing. Just think it out loud, says Clarence. Well, that's very rude, she responds. You just keep those thoughts to yourself. Every type of aircraft is flying overhead now. It's practically a swarm. There are planes, helicopters, and other things no one has ever seen before flying overhead at varying speeds and elevations. Hey, look at that. I've never seen one of those before. What is it? Sheila yells. It doesn't even have wings or propellers or anything. Look at it. Well, I think the very concept of classified has been unclassified, Clarence says. The sound of a loudspeaker can be heard in the distance. It's getting closer and the two of them can't make out the announcements. What are they saying? Sheila asks. I can't make it out. They'll be close enough soon, says Clarence. A large pack of dogs, newly undomesticated, come barreling through the yard. They are barking and frightened and they run full speed to the back of the yard, jumping the fence and back. There is one small dog, too small to get over the fence. It's alone, frightened and barking. Oh, look at that darling little cute puppy dog, Sheila says as she runs to the back of the yard to fetch it. Gunshots fire, and Clarence turns his head in the direction of the noise while taking a sip of his martini. Hmm, I wonder if Mr. Fallon finally lost his mind. Then there's one final shot. I think so, Clarence says. Look at this little sweetie, Sheila says, holding the little puppy. The little pup is shivering, squirming, and putting his head under her arm in fear. Aw, she says. Now the loudspeaker is within range, and the two of them listen to the announcement. Please stay indoors, and don't do any traveling. It is safer inside the buildings. Please stay indoors. Do not try to travel until further notice. Please stay indoors. Stay indoors. They want us to die at home, Clarence says. They want us to stay inside and make things easier for them to deal with later. 
We should go somewhere, honey, Sheila says. We could go up to the bluffs and see some sunset later or watch all these airplanes and stuff. Clarence goes over to the garage and he retrieves a ladder. He leans it onto the edge of the roof of the house. This will be a good enough place to go see what's happening. No one's listening to the announcements. Everyone's leaving and the roads will be jammed. We aren't going to be able to get anywhere and neither are they anyway. He says this as he climbs onto the roof and begins making his way to the peak. As the ground rumbles and a very bright light appears to the east in the direction of Chicago, Sheila announces, I want to get up on the roof too. That looks like a blast. The end. Oh man, there you go. There's day number eight. Day number eight of all my little stories and podcasts. And I did some GPT. I did some chat whatever AI stuff to come up with some titles and subtitles. I think that my title and my subtitle are better than these. I'm going to read them anyway. Nuclear nuclear summer, cocktails, chaos, and countdowns. Apocalyptic poolside, sipping martinis as the world burns. From heat wave to fallout, surviving the end with Sheila and Clarence. Debbie Downer versus Doomsday, a tale of two perspectives. Dystopian delight, sunbathing amidst the fallout. Countdown to Chaos, Sheila, Clarence, and the End of the World. Rooftop Revelations, watching the apocalypse unfold. Surviving the Blast, Tales of Terror and Tequila. A Toast to the End, Cocktails and Catastrophe, Blast from the Past. Poolside Panic and Poke... <laughs> blast from the Past, Poolside Panic and Poked Apocalyptic Parties. Yeah, I don't know. I think my titles are better. So what do you guys think? Do you think my titles are better? Or do you think Chat AI, whatever, open chat, whatever, baloney, does a better job? I don't think I... I think mine are better. That's my opinion. That's how I feel about it. Okay, well, there is day number eight of Flash Fiction February, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you are listening to this, I hope you'll share it. I really need some shares. I really need some shares because I think this is newsworthy. I think doing 29 stories in 29 days and posting them all and podcasting all of them is noteworthy. And I think you should share this and you should share all my stories. That's my opinion. I'm putting some time into this. You could just hit the little share button. Just throw it on your social media or whatever. You know, it shouldn't be that hard. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening. I appreciate that very much too. So you can find me all over the place. All you got to do is do a search for Smell the Inside of Your Nose on any podcasting app. Or you could search for Commercial Herschel on the interwebs. Or you could search for Herschel Sterling. Or you could search, let's see, let's see, let's see the different ones. I've got HowTube and BitChute. And those are Commercial Herschel or Herschel Sterling on Rumble. It's Rumble Early Risers, Herschel Sterling, something like that. And then on Web3, on all those Web3 apps like Blogstack and Stacker.news and Noster and all of those, it's at Herschel. You can find me in all those places. But you know what time it is now? You know what time it is now? I think you know what time it is. I think you know what time it is. I think you know what time it is. It's time for, guess what? The send-off. The send-off is the same every day, only different. You ready? 
This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I am consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We are on such a small planet, in such a tiny galaxy, that no matter where we are, in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That's incredible. We're a moment. We're an instant in an infinite universe. We are an infinite in an instant universe. And every event that has ever happened here, and that will ever happen here, happens simultaneously in the snap of a finger. The instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe we're even experiencing it. I hope we can be here tomorrow. There are people who would say that makes us insignificant. I very strongly disagree. The fact that we are so improbable is the very thing that makes us momentous. We are conscious beings who can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are each a refraction of light from a single source. You are the individual and the whole. Simultaneously, you are a masterful, mysterious, distinctive, and anomalous paradox. And I'd say that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here, and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and time usage in this three-dimensional plane, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse. Why? Because... Your influence expands as far as you are able to observe into the infinite universe. Why? Because your observation affects it. You are rare. You're not only a body. You have radiance. You radiate light. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there's light. You are luminescent. You're a luminescent jewel. You're a luminescent jewel that can shine on yourself from within yourself. You're significant beyond the perception of anybody else. You shine on yourself while you shine on others, and it's such an honor that you shine on me now. Smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.